The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, on the coronavirus front, um, the Director General of the World Health Organization says uh, its experts uh, still can't predict when the outbreak of the new, cor- where it's heading, where the outbreak is heading. He thinks that there is still opportunity to contain it, even though officials have seen some concerning instances of onward transmission from people with no travel history to China. Uh, can let you know that 236 Canadians hopping on board a second cl- a Canadian plane uh, that landed in Wuhan today, they'll be heading to CFB Trenton, Ontario, where they'll spend two weeks in quarantine and join those other folks who returned uh, late last week um, in Trenton. Uh, Meantime, scientists around the world, as you can just imagine, working furiously to develop a vaccine for the coronavirus. Jason Tetro, of course, a friend of this show, is a microbiologist. You know him as the germ guy and host of the super awesome science show. He joins us this afternoon. Hi, Jason. Hello there. Hello, my friend. Okay, so we talked a couple of weeks ago on the coronavirus front, and it was kind of in its early stages. (laughs) And it's been now, I don't know, two or three weeks, two or three weeks since we last talk and uh, what have you seen um and and what oh, it, what have you seen from the virus um uh, that you think could indicate where it's heading how long this could last anything like that uh well uh, to be honest with you um the one thing that's really gotten me um sort of interested uh is the fact that uh, as we talked about a few weeks ago um how many people have died outside of china mm. from this uh zero well, except for that one particular case, but he had a secondary bacterial infection, so it doesn't count. So, zero. So, the fact is, is that while this is a very uh, deadly disease in a geographically um, specific location, that happens to be the uh, Hubei province, pretty much everywhere else, uh, it doesn't seem to be having that similar effect. So, what we're probably seeing is some kind of immunological reaction that is occurring in people who are living there, who are constantly there. And for the rest of us, it may end up being not too much different than, uh, you know, a flu or a common cold. So um, in the intro, I was talking about the Director General of the, the World Health Organization saying that there's some concerning instances of onward transmission from people with no travel history to China. What does what does onward transmission mean, Jason? Well, I mean, we sort of talk about transmission uh, in, in the first stages of one of these types of outbreaks, where it's a person who's infected, coughs and sneezes, and gives it to another person, and then that person is essentially the next case, right? But in this particular case, what we're seeing is that some people haven't been to Wuhan or Hubei and somehow have the coronavirus in them, and then they're spreading it. So the big question now becomes, well, how did that person get this virus? If it came from the Wuhan Hubei, then we'll be able to identify that and everything as well. If it didn't, and it came from somewhere else, well, then maybe this virus happens to be more widespread than we thought. Interesting. Jason Tetro joining us this afternoon. So as I mentioned that, you know, this race is on to develop a vaccine. And, and uh, I know you know, of course, that vaccine development typically takes years, involves all sorts of processes, you know, testing on animals, testing on humans, and then approvals. But right now, uh, they're trying to get it done as soon as possible. What what does this look like? Um, what are you hearing from, from your folks that are in this business who would be working on something like this? Uh, don't hold your breath. 
Uh. Because we tried the same thing with SARS. Uh, we, we tried the same thing with MERS. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, we don't have a coronavirus vaccine. Um, I, and you know that our friend uh, Peter Hotez down at Baylor in Houston has been working on this for a grand number of years. You see, there's one problem that coronaviruses give us, and that's one of the reasons why we can't seem to get a vaccine. And that is, if you miss, in other words, you can create a vaccine for SARS or MERS or this one, but then if you get another coronavirus that misses, it may actually not only make you sick, it might make it worse. Okay, we're we're reading reports of um, teams of experts trying to develop one quicker, like six months, possibly even you know sixteen weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, how likely? <laughs> how likely is that? Well, I mean, yes, you can develop within three weeks uh, the idea of a vaccine and you can have it great on paper and you can probably synthesize it in the laboratory and that's all fantastic and you might even be able to test it in an animal within the first month how are you going to mass produce it for you know hundreds of thousands if not millions of people and and who wants to put it in their body when they're really not sure about the testing well i mean you obviously have to make sure that it's safe you have to make sure that it's effective and you have to make sure that it's not going to cause any problems down the road so at the end of the day a vaccine while sounding like the greatest thing since sliced bread is not really going to get you anywhere because at the end of the day you can prevent it by you know wearing a scarf and washing your hands washing your hands so when when these scientists are trying to develop this vaccine. What does that look like? What does that process involve, Jason? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, having been involved in this myself, uh, we, we now have the genetic sequence for this particular bug. And so what we do is we then turn it into a visual or 3D image of what the virus is going to look like. And then we take certain pieces that we know that, the, um, that our body will recognize to create antibodies. And so what we do then is we take those pieces and we try and highlight those as we make a brand new kind of virus. Now, it may be living, it may be what we call sort of um, subparticles. So in other words, it's just uh, pieces of that virus. Um, and, and when you've done that, then what ends up happening is you can create some kind of immune response. Now, the question is, is that immune response going to be strong enough? Is it going to be efficient enough? And is it going to be effective enough, not only today, but also 10 years from now? So, ultimately, um, scientists, as you mentioned, could end up in the same situation. Yeah, no vaccine was uh, done for SARS. um, And and we still don't have a vaccine for it, do we? No. It just kind of died on the table. It's like, okay, it's over and done with. We'll just move on. Well, yeah. I mean, in 2004, 2005, it was pretty much sort of figured out that we're never going to see SARS again. So, you know, why bother? Why would we not see SARS again? Uh, Because it was one of those one in a million chances. It was a lottery winner that essentially somehow made it from the animal kingdom to us. Now, remember, this was 17 years ago. We have so much more sort of overlap between the animal kingdom and ourselves uh, for a number of different reasons. And as we're seeing with this particular coronavirus, 
It's very similar to SARS. Thankfully, it's not the exact same, or else we'd be having a heck of a lot more problems. But at the same, by the same respect, it does say to us, well, we can't be silly enough to just simply say, well, that was a one-in-a-lifetime affair, because you know, it, it may end up happening more often than we think. Jason, are you surprised to see what's happening on these cruise ships? No, actually, I'm kind of, uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I kind of was thinking that they might leave the people on the ship because they were only having mild infections to begin with. And by taking them off the ship, it increases the chances that you may get spread out in the mainland. So obviously, there seems to be some confidence right now in the ability of being able to control the spread of this virus from individual to individual. Uh, where do you see the next couple of months on this front go? Well, we're going to start to see a massive reduction in the number of confirmed cases. Uh, we probably are going to start to see a leveling off of deaths. And within, I'd say, a month and a half to two months, we're going to be at a point where this virus really is something we're looking back upon as opposed to forward upon. Now, that's only if the Chinese government can maintain their ability to keep it contained. But I don't think we're going to start to see a whole number of people dying outside of China because we would have already seen it by now. All right. Jason Tetro, the germ guy, the host of the Super Awesome Science Show, joining us this afternoon. Jason, always great to talk to you. Thanks for this. It was a pleasure. Take care. All right. Take care. Again, Jason Tetro.